This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Christina. I'm from Prague. Hi, I'm Jen, and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Ola Banji, and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki, and I live in Paris. Hi, I'm Brian, and I'm from New York. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Hi, this is Jen. Hi, this is Leaky. Happy New Year, Leaky. <laughs> we're recording our first episode. I mean, this is the first time we're recording an episode this year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my suggestion was to start with something good to start up. Something I've heard on the radio yesterday, I think, that made me very, very happy and uh, enforces the impression that I have that things are going to the right direction in terms of renewable energy. So the thing that caught my attention was that in Portugal in 2023, 61% of power demand was met by renewable energy. That's huge, isn't it? 61%. That is amazing. Yes. So when we talk about renewable energy, we're talking about wind and sun, and Portugal has a lot of wind and a lot of sun, and they managed 61% of the power demand. That's incredible. Wow. That is incredible. Um, I, have, I have two things, and one of them that I just thought of just now was I was watching something on Netflix about Blue Zones, mm. um, and it was a very interesting show. It had several parts. And Maybe you can explain what blue zones are. Oh, blue zones are areas in the world where people have the longest lifespan and people live to 100 or close to it or past 100. And people have been fascinated as to why there are such a high number of people living this length of life in these particular places in the world. And one of them is in Okinawa. Um, there's uh, a place in Loma Linda, California. There, there are different places around the world. There, in Sardinia and in Crete as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But one of the episodes was talking about Singapore. Oh. And showed how people live in Singapore. And what an amazing place. I know nothing about it, but this, this really opened my eyes to how forward thinking the planning people of that city are, they have made it ridiculously expensive to own a car. Yes. And so during rush hour, you know, you'll see 12 cars on the road. And it's because to own a car is going to cost you as much as maybe a house. Yes. But their public transit system is spectacular and you can get anywhere and everywhere. Another thing they have for health is they have these little uh, park-like exercise places everywhere. And people are encouraged to exercise and prevent illness by getting outside and walking and, and doing all of these things. Another thing that has been created in the 
infrastructure and in the policy that they make is that you get benefits and a bonus if your parents live near you or you live with them. And that's to look after people so that you don't have people going into care facilities like here in North America, which is super common. And and so there were so many things, I can't even say them all, but I just thought, wow, what an amazing society and how healthy people seem to be and how happy they seem to be. And things like uh, the pollution is low because of the lack of cars. And anyway, I just, I knew nothing about Singapore. I was kind of blown away. And I thought those are all things that contribute to people living longer, healthier lives. And what an example. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so you said you was... had, you, you said, you said you have, you had two examples. What's the other yeah. one? Yeah. The other example is that we, I live on the West coast of Canada and we are very close to the Pacific ocean. And we have a, uh, a pod of resident killer whales that hang around and, and go past and do things around here. They're called J-Pod. There's different letter names for different pods. And on Boxing Day, the researchers spotted a brand new baby killer whale calf oh, that's so nice. on Boxing Day in J-Pod. And there hasn't been a new baby born in that pod since 2021. And this is a very, very positive sign because you always want them to grow and to have some more. We were lucky enough to actually see them a couple of summers ago. We were um, on a little Gulf Island watching the sun go down on the beach. And all of a sudden we heard them before they came around the corner and you could hear them, the spouts. And (laughs) then we sat there. There were probably 20 people sitting all along this beach and everyone was silent as we watched the sun go down and these beautiful creatures go past, it was just fabulous. So those are my two exciting things. <laughs> wow. See, when we look for exciting things, we find we them. We do. <laughs> yes. And this reminds me of, of an article I read a few days ago um, of our past guest, actually, at the time when this episode will be published, that will be our guest from last week, Hannah Ritchie who just published a book and uh, who firmly believed that we, I mean, she, she's obviously much younger than we are. I mean, not so much, but younger than we are. She <laughs> has very, very strong belief that is that we might be the first generation to build a truly sustainable planet. This is an opportunity. The climate crisis is actually an opportunity if we look at the bright side. And uh, she is um, not like, you know, a kind of guru because it, her position, her day job is, I think, the lead researcher of, at, um, at a website which is called Our World in Data. Uh, Hannah Ritchie is a data scientist. And she, she says, okay, look at the data. Um, and if we look at the data, actually, things are not as bad as we believe. And so if you haven't listened to this episode with Hannah Ritchie, we can just pause and go back to listen to her episode from last week. <laughs> but uh, what caught my attention today is one of the articles, I think it was in The Guardian or something, in which she explained that looking at the climate crisis as something doom and gloom could be as bad as been climate deniers. And I thought, 
oh, that's a very interesting idea. Because if we look at the doom and gloom, I think it's somehow paralyzing. You know, you can think, oh, there's nothing we can do. So we just don't do anything, right? I mean, it could be the same result as being a climate denier. If you say, okay, climate change doesn't exist. The result is that you don't do anything as well. So mm. what yeah, do you think of that? It, well, it's an interesting idea. I mean, I tend to be an optimist. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm not a Pollyanna. I'm not, you know, everything is PT all the time. La, la, la. If you just think it, it'll be wonderful. You know, I'm not like that. I do believe in the need to know what's happening. And, you know, there's a certain amount of, of need in our lives to walk through grief, to walk through sadness, to walk through hard stuff instead of shoving it away or denying it or ignoring it. And you can get stuck there and you can really go to, into a downward spiral. And, you, you know, it's kind of like the algorithms. You can end up where that's all you know, all you think about, all you talk about. And that's because that's what gets fed to you and that's what you're tuned to. But if we start to look for some of the positive signs as well, we realize that there's an awful lot of good stuff also happening. And it's often the bad stuff that's getting, that's the scariest, that's the most dramatic and that's getting highlighted. But there's all sorts of other things going on, people working, their whole you know, their whole drive and existence is to help and they're quiet about it. So they're not getting the press. They're not getting, you know, we're not hearing about it as, as much. It's kind of like the news. We hear all the horrible, bad stuff and we don't often, you know, see that person who has been spending a huge chunk of their paycheck putting together care packages for people who live on the street. You know, you don't hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. It's wonderful. There's somebody helping, but you don't hear about it because it's not you know, a sexy headline. Sensational. So, I've read yeah. somewhere, I think a long time ago, I think I've read somewhere uh, when I was at university, I think it was Noam Chomsky or some, someone like, you know, a researcher like him who say that, um, that the news want us to, the, I mean, news to tend to push the bad, the horrible, very scary things because the media uh, lives on ads and companies want us to be scared to stay at home watch television and buy stuff buy stuff mm. to equip our house to make it more safe therefore they have the, the television the media has to show you all the horrible things the doom and gloom that it's very scary out there yeah so, uh, that's something i that i remember i read yeah well it makes it makes sense it's what what is the color of the lens you're putting on today are you looking for things that are are good and that are positive and that are making progress? Are you putting on the lens of everything's awful and I can't do this? And and maybe some days you have one on and some days you have another on, right? And I think, I don't know if I agree with the somebody who focuses on the doom and gloom is the same as a climate denier. I kind of don't think I would make that comparison. I think it's more uh, on the result, the result, you know, the outcome of disbelief. So if if you're in the mindset of it doesn't matter what I do, we're all going in the toilet anyway, so whatever. Yeah. Then okay, I can see that. Then you wouldn't take care and you wouldn't recycle and you wouldn't <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's like I don't know if you you've seen this movie and it was quite scary. The the, mini, the beginning of this movie was quite scary. It was uh, Ready Player One. I don't know if you remember. I remember hearing about it, but I didn't see it. Oh, yeah. okay. You should watch it. It's Ready Player One. Okay. Yeah. It's um the movie starts in in twenty forty or twenty fifty something or twenty forty forty seven or twenty fifty, and it says okay. It's, I can't remember exactly, but like, let's say 2050. And it's say, okay, we are in 2050, 10 years after the world has given up on solving the climate crisis. Ooh, that is scary. And yeah. the, I mean, the movie is basically, you know, kids don't live in the real world because the physical world is horrible and they, they live and they play. Uh, and the whole plot is in the virtual world. So I think you should. You should really watch As it. an it's, optimist, that would give me nightmares. <laughs> yes, yes. It it yes. was really scary. So, uh, you know, because, um, so when you think of, oh, wow, when you believe that there's nothing we can do, just stop doing things and, you know, it's horrible. One, one of the other things that kind of going back to this whole blue zone thing, and when you say people are living in the virtual world, um, one of the things that was very striking to me was the idea that we used to do things manually, physically. We used to do a lot more movement and a lot of lifting and a lot of digging and a lot of walking and a lot of even getting up to turn on a TV before remote controls, which is yes. a long time ago. <laughs> you know, you used to always have to go get food if you wanted it. Now it can come right to you. And we're automating ourselves out of. Uh, health and into problems in many ways. Yeah, it's convenient. It's great if you're not able to do certain things. But it's interesting. It just it kind of the visual that they had on this, it was a diagram, a cartoon diagram of what people used to do and then what they're doing now. And it was a lot of sitting around. And it just sort of hit me, that diagram. And I thought, oh my goodness, um, there are still things we can physically actually do. <laughs> yes. Instead of scrolling and writing comments about it, we can actually do stuff about it. But and, you agree uh, that you, if you believe that there's nothing we can do, the result is that we don't do anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers don't, you know, it's not enough. <laughs> no, no. Not enough people. Yeah. It's action, but, action. Yeah. Yeah, so it's the same thing as those who believe that it doesn't exist because if it doesn't exist, you don't do anything. So the result, the outcome is the same. That's kind of like putting your fingers in your ears and going, yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, Yeah. So what do we do? What do we do? Do we focus on some positive things? Do we take action still and find some good news? Join people who are doing good things? To get us forward? Yes. And uh, I think, yeah, find people and also be more intentional in everything we do. Uh, we can meet people, organize, but also change the way we're doing things, already doing things, and be more intentional, yeah. conscious. Yeah, conscious. I like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Okay. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you. <laughs> Happy New Year. Oh, yes. Happy New Year. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, 
a podcast with Carbon Conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.